Welcome to the Eclectic Gamers Podcast. Today is Sunday, September 3rd. This is episode 201. A new era, a new time. A new hope. There is no Many Bothans weren't involved in the new hope <laughs> to bring us that information. There's no hope. Hmm. The no Death hope. Star is going We're going Don't worry, we're going to get we're going to get into some Star Wars here in a moment. Good. That's the what we should do. But just so you know. What? I'm Tony. You are. I am Dennis. I think most of our listeners probably know. This could be somebody's very first time. And it if could. this is your very first time, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to your very first time, and I hope you're ready. Yeah. We'll it, be gentle. This one's going to be, well, I don't know how gentle the video games are going to be, because it looked like you had a lot of stuff in there's, that there's Some stuff has happened. We don't have as much in pinball. However, we'll, we'll play a game again. Uh, it seemed to go over pretty well last episode, and so that will fill some of that out. So hopefully people will get to play along. And if you're new to the game, it's really easy and should be fun for you to do. But before that, we would do our introductions. So what's going on? I am being forced <gasps> to take some vacation. Oh, no. So I'm in the middle of this major debate because I'm not going anywhere or doing anything, but I'm maxed out on vacation, so I have to take some. So I'm in the debate. I'm going to be off the entirety of the week of the 11th. So I guess technically my vacation like starts on the 8th. But do I get Baldur's Gate 3 to play for vacation or do I get Starfield to play for vacation? Well, this is a this is an interesting conundrum. I would normally say Starfield because you are more a sci-fi fan than a fantasy fan. And Correct. I would, and if it was based solely off genre, I would feel very confident in that statement. However, while I have been reading that Starfield's reviews have been okay, Baldur's Gate has been extremely well endorsed. So it's probably the stronger storytelling experience would be my impression. And I've kind of gotten the same feeling, uh, and I've been afraid of the normal out-the-box Bethesda problems. Mm. Now, Though I've, the reports I, I've, I've seen said they're I've, not there. Yeah, I've heard it's probably the most polished. Yeah. Actually, I haven't seen I haven't seen anyone say it's it's more buggy than anything they've done before. I've only seen that it's the least. Yes, that's what I've good. seen as well. So, so. Uh, you know what? I I would say Starfield for you. I, I'd go ahead and say, you know what? Baldur's Gate's still going to be there. You already went in on Diablo 4. And got yeah. Burned. You got burned. The the listeners who came into our Discord and pressured you into getting it. Granted, they didn't know that there was going to be the patch that ruined the game. That wasn't none they of didn't that know was that their you, fault. They didn't know that even before the patch, you were going to take the worst character in the game and That's choose to also play. valid. It's like let's play Final Fantasy the original with all four white mages. What an idea! Great job. Why don't you just make it terrible? Why what don't you just go run. and have your teeth pulled out without anesthesia while you're at it? So, do Starfield. You want to go into space. Space. So that's my recommendation. Tony and Max go to space. <laughs> Tony and space friends forever. <laughs> so, yeah. M-I-S-S-I-O-N-C-O-N-T-R-O-L. <laughs> Wait, no, it's supposed to be. Come in control. I misspelled that. I spelled mission control. C O M E C. Too long since you <laughs> movie. Yes. Yeah. Space camp. <laughs> Space camp. Okay. Um, so that's my recommendation. But uh, is that, would you be able to get it? Yeah. No. Cause it comes out next week. It right? comes out so, on Tuesday. Yeah. So you'd be able like to. Like if you bought the $90 version. Mm, yeah. The, with the early you could access. be playing right, now. Right. Okay. 
I've but been, I've been seasick. I was going to wait. Because my birthday's next month. I was planning to probably just chuck it on the list and wait an extra month. Because I still, I'm like barely into Resident Evil 3 still. So I've got stuff to play right. at this point. So, but that would be my suggestion for you. Yeah, I'd go ahead and do that. And then maybe Baldur's Gate for Christmas time. Maybe. We'll see. Maybe throw a, if anybody has a strong opinion, throw it on the Facebook. Mm-hmm. Or in the Discord. Or in the Discord. We have an invite in the show notes so people yep. can click on that. Either way, because I'm going to, like I said, I'm planning on deciding on Thursday or Friday. Yes. One of the days so I can set it up and do the download overnight mm-hmm. because, you know. So get that in soon because Tony does not wait around to make decisions. Once he's committed, the course is set. Once he's committed, he's in a stray jacket in a padded room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Mm. Fun times. Speaking of fun times, uh, thank you to Dave B who joined our Patreon. We have a link in the show notes. If you want to join our Patreon, you can click on that and become a supporter for as low as $1 a month. We rely on our patrons for several things, including casting votes regarding games, which uh, will come up later in the show. In terms of what I've been doing, I have continued to play Phoenix Wright. I actually got through another case last night. Uh, I am not on vacation. Technically, I am unemployed now. So my job ended and I have this week uh, coming up here off until I start my new job when you start your vacation, basically. A little bit after you when you start your vacation. So I've got that uh, right now. So I have just been... Uh, get a job. Yeah, get a job, you bum. You bum. So in the meantime, I have been actually doing a lot of wristwatch videos for my YouTube channel because... Uh, Geneva Watch Days is going on right now. It goes on for several days. It's not as big of a shindig as the Watches and Wonders that happens in the late winter, mm-hmm. but there have been a number of things. So I actually put out a couple of standalone videos. Tony, in fact, came on along with uh, Silverball Chronicles co-host David Dennis uh, a couple days ago and did a video. What we, what we call it was a game. Where we right. Called, basically a game. Uh, there was no winners or losers. It was uh, picking watches and and arguing why we would want them. We called it three, two, one watch off. I'll actually have a link in the. Uh, it was a lot notes. of fun. Yeah, I I actually it went about two hours, but I. And this is just my opinion. I'll have to see what the what the viewers ultimately end up thinking. But I thought it was one of the. It, I actually, I would argue, it's probably my best live stream. I feel. Like I think I've it was on the, that channel. I mean, I I've enjoyed all the live streams I've been on, but I think that was my favorite. Easily. I just think where it wasn't about having to, you know, it, everyone just threw out all these ideas, and it was just, uh, you had a lot. We all picked six, so that's why it went so long. Um, we talked about pinball at the start. So if you're into pinball, Hey, there's a whole pinball, uh, because we had, we have, uh, viewers there who, uh, who subscribe to my channel that aren't into pinball. And they ask things like, is there a Holy Trinity of pinball and stuff like that? Which the questions is like, I had never really thought about it that way. Cause there's a Holy Trinity of watchmaking. So it's, it's interesting. It's, so, it, it, we found some interesting stuff out about each other and each other's interests, uh, and likes, some and of which might have not have been super obvious until we threw the no- things you know, out like we did. I did not realize. I guess maybe I kind of did about myself, but I maybe didn't look into the mirror the way I, I had to. There I was like, yeah. whoa, I'm really predictable. I'm almost ashamed of how predictable some of my stuff was. But <laughs> everyone was predictable, which in a way makes sense because right. just like, you know, everyone has a type. Right? right, so it's like that. Everyone has a type of watch, a type of car they like, a type of everything, yeah, type of person they're attracted to, all of that. So 
It was just really it was like all of a sudden became in our face. Oh, someone's into frosted dials. Okay. Somebody. Oh, somebody likes the fancy dress watches. Oh, somebody's <laughs> in love with the color blue. Uh, you know, so I was like, okay, it's getting a little like, obvious like here. Can, can, it's getting a little on the nose, getting a little can uncomfortable. You pick a non-blue yeah, watch, please. You may, you may, yeah. Could you maybe find something not in steel? I don't know. Anyway, no, uh, no, actually, yeah, no, I don't pro- think probably I not. Did. No, that's actually hard in the in the in the field itself. Um, <laughs> because I think I did every. I think I had one thing that wasn't on a steel bracelet. Yeah, probably. But I mean, so many watches are steel. Uh, and then finally, before we get into the meat of the episode, this was, uh, I had asked Patreon people to provide us with things to talk about on episode 200, and I missed one in my show notes. I just, I just looked over it and I went on because we you had just kept so going. Much, well, that happened, that happened on several things, uh, or some, some of it was by design. Like you had a planned, uh, discussion in our video game that we punted because it was like we had so much episode content. <laughs> and it already. might get punted this time, too, punted, looking you know at what? our content. That's list. the great thing. We can just keep carrying it over in the OneNote. That's why I love OneNote. Yep. Uh, so this was from Mike H, who wrote to us on our Patreon and asked us if we could explain why the Galactic Empire were actually the good guys because they were. You may begin. How crazy do we want to get? Do we want to go into legends? Do we only want to stay with with what's I think canon? Mike provided no no guardrails to it, so you do however you want to do it. Do it. Do I will it. let you give your opinions, probably <laughs> more canon based. I'm assuming because mm. I don't think you've touched Legends nearly as much as I have. I have not. Like I haven't read any of the books. Uh, right. I've heard some people sometimes tell me things about Legends, and you know, and I I totally lost track when the whole canon was restructured because there mm-hmm. used to be a whole expanded universe there and was. it kind of went away. Like I used and to that's hear what about became Legends, right? Because like what what Kylo Ren is is like loosely based on what one of Han and Leia's kids was. Going to be like and things like that. So yeah. I, so all right. So in the context, in the framework of what Mike has explained, I think the thing that's noteworthy, and we've started to see it in the Disney Plus shows that take place after the fall of the Empire, and you can even go to the movies, the three movies, the trilogy, the the you know Kylo trilogy, or however you want to think of it, the Ray trilogy. The Galactic Empire provides structure, a structure that's very very important. In order for, I won't even say humanity because we're talking about other species as well, but for a unification of the known galaxy. And the reason for this that I think is so important, this is something other sci-fi authors have touched on as well. Uh, Isaac Asimov was doing this when he was writing Foundation, is the idea that in the unknown space, there's stuff out there that we are not ready for. You need something unified. You need something powerful enough to bring it all together. And the Empire was the best chance of doing it. The rebellion, upon its success, as we've seen in the arc that's happened with the Disney Plus and the movies, does not have the Republic. The New Republic does not have that strength. And that's why you end up seeing this whole First Order thing ultimately rise up. But even in the in-between times, they're completely reliant on the structure, the personnel of the Galactic Empire to run the Republic. In fact, that is a, in the now ongoing show Ahsoka, that is a key principle. They recognize they can't do anything without keeping the established bureaucracy in place. That was how powerful, how important, how critical the Galactic Empire is. In fact, you want a real world example of what happens when you don't do that? The invasion of Iraq 
when they fired like the entire Iraqi civil service because they thought it was too associated with Saddam and then no one knows how to run anything? Same thing. Nope. The Galactic Empire, for all its flaws, and it had a few, for all its draconianness, for all its evil, for all its Sithiness, it was preparing for what is in the unknown. And if the unknown comes to the known galaxy, how would you survive? Only with the iron hand of the orc, or emperor in this case. So that's my theory. Legends hmm. is very similar. Okay. With the difference being that uh, when you go deep enough into legends, Palpatine knew about the threat. Oh. Not just that there could be a threat, actively knew about the threat itself, the threat of extragalactic origins. The original buildup and design and the whole purpose of the Empire, yes, it was to provide power, but it was to also ready the universe for the coming of the Vong. I don't know what Vaughn is. But. The, 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 the Yuzong Vong was an extragalactic uh, race uh, of conquerors that were not visible to the Force. Uh, they actively uh, were non-affected by the Force. So was it not a part of them like it's supposed to be with all the things? Oh, okay. Because they're from a different galaxy, so the Force wasn't part of them. Uh, and that was – but in Legends – they showed up after the Empire had fallen, after the New Republic had risen, after the remains of the Galactic Empire had been beat down and pushed to the side and was a fraction of its former strength and ability. They showed up, and the New Republic forces couldn't stand in the way because they were nowhere near as large, nowhere near as organized, nowhere near as put together as the Galactic Empires had been. And the surviving portions of the Empire, the Imperial Remnant, was the same way. They were weak and nowhere near as strong as they had been. The entire galaxy at that point had did not have anywhere near the strength that the Empire had when it was originally put together. And it led to the deaths of untold trillions and that was the entire purpose, was to ready the universe for this event that was known to be coming. Okay, interesting. Well, I mean, it's a it's a good trope to turn to. In, it is. In, it's a really solid fiction. trope to to make that type of mm-hmm. to make that type of government that type of control. You have to have an external threat. That's what is necessary to make something like that work uh, in a way that could be considered them actually being a good choice. There needs to be an external threat. Right. An external threat makes everything okay, even their excesses. Mm. Yep. So there you go, Mike. I hope you you liked our, our logic for why your acknowledgement of the Galactic Empire being the good guys. Not saying they're perfect. They made a few mistakes. Some. You know, Couple. But... But those things happen. So, anyway, I was... Oh, I was here on my computer doing my research. Debathification. That was the Iraqi process. I couldn't... It's been so long. That was like 2003. Um, that's right. They removed the... We removed... They got the, rid of the bath. The bath so party was removed showers. from their position of power. So, And they were not allowed to work in the public sector anymore. But it... Um, it was very controversial, even among academia at the time, because it's like that's where all the ex- expertise was, even in a country as corrupt as that. But this is not the Eclectic Political Podcast. Uh, 
we have not starred that one up yet. So let's go to I'm pinball. I'm going to put that one a little bit farther down the then, list yeah, than, uh, than, I, than eclectic pop culture, eclectic movies. I don't know. You know, Based off of our, our wide-ranging watch discussion in the video that's in the show notes, uh, we did have a discussion about the policy of supersonic Canadian jets and how... We, we, uh, we, nope, you're not going to be building those yeah, anymore. We did, have, we did have a light touch on that. Oh, such a travesty. Uh, it's what we do. What we also do, Tony, is we cover pinball. And the first thing is, well, there's not a lot of news. So that's why I have a game for us. We'll play the game last, but I want to go ahead and get through a few of these things first. So there have been some employment moves that have been happening lately. Most people, most Would buyers. Would call it a shakeup or just no, some not a, small moves? Yeah, no, neither. It's I don't think it's a shakeup, but it's not exactly a small move uh, set either because these are pretty impactful positions. So Jersey Jack Pinball hired uh, Tom Capera from Stern Pinball. Tom's going to be Jersey Jack's chief operating officer. So that's a pretty important that's, position. That's an important position. However, I don't think he'd been at Stern all that long. Like, I think it's only been for a few years that he was he was there. And he was serving as the director of mechanical engineering. Okay. So now Stern had already announced that they hired Kevin Payne as director of mechanical engineering. That's Tom's old job. So so now it all like gets pieced together. Like Stern has immediately had like this was known. So right. they, they have a replacement for that. Uh, uh, when I, when I first heard, I heard about the Tom news first. I, um, I didn't know about Kevin until I saw, uh, that posted in one of my discord channels. However, uh, like the Stern just completed their factory move. That's another right. piece of news. Uh, Ray Tanzer, uh, is like their director of operations. He used to be the director of mechanical engineering and he oversaw their move. So I knew they had someone who knew the job anyway, but they actually had already had a replacement in, in place in line at least to to come in so those are the main uh industry news and in game news honestly there's practically nothing the only real thing i have to say is uh multimorphic has uh indicated they are now shipping final resistance you remember that game? i i, I do how, how how are they on weird al shipping i don't know how are they I on full of machine shipping i didn't look into it okay. i don't know I don't know. I can say because there's been a, a bit of a blitz, maybe would be how I describe it, of stuff related to Final Resistance. Um, I think it would be safe to say they're attempting to relaunch the game because they dropped it in a sea of five other pinball machines that, right. like, pretty much other than Pulp Fiction, have all come out, whereas Correct. they had not gotten this out. But um, so, yeah, because I guess Pulp Fiction is coming. That'll be the big drop here in a. October or November? Well, that's what they said. They were saying that was the plan. I, I'm telling you, I'm going to say um, that I, I'm i not sure that they're going to make 2023. Uh, and I don't know if that's that particularly bold of a statement because CGC and Build Speed uh. has never been there. That's never been the company's, like their quality control and stuff has been pretty well respected. Their Build Speed and especially on new releases has not been great. And they've continued to struggle though do better on getting the cactus canyon remakes out it's just been a whole thing plus um i think it was josh sharp i if i recall i don't remember if this was an interview or maybe i read him post on one of the discords i apologize uh in terms of the inability to properly conjure up what what where it was and what exactly was said but i believe he conveyed that their license terms with pulp fiction essentially forced their hand to do the reveal when they did at Texas. Like they had right, to, they had to, even re- though they were so far, like they wouldn't have done that ideally because they were so far away from being able to build the game. Mm-hmm. 
And I suppose one could, and we're a podcast, we ask questions, you know, we ask rhetorically, we ask questions. One could have probably asked the same thing, though, obviously, to near, not nearly to the same degree as Pulp Fiction, with Multimorphic and Final Resistance, because clearly they weren't remotely ready to ship when right. they went ahead and brought it and showed it off at TPF. But I that is can, Jerry's local show. I was going to say, that's Jerry's local show, and they always have a strong show at TPF. They do. I think that's why they were... That was why they wanted to I think be so there because otherwise they wouldn't have had a showing until the game had been out for like six months. But I think, and this wasn't obviously on them. In fact, I would be surprised if they knew at least on all of them, but who knows going in that they're, I mean, did, does Multimorphic oh. go in going, oh yeah, no, I knew that there was also going to be Galactic Tank Force, Godfather, Foo Fighters, uh, the first experience for many people of Scooby-Doo, Pulp Fiction, um, yeah, there Queen, was no way. it was the first experience for a lot of people for Queen. It was just like, you you did your reveal, uh, and they only had like two games with Final Resistance in it, and it was up against all these other uh, games several of them from very well-established companies. Right, and we've never really seen a blitz like that at TPF, or I think any convention has ever had such a blitz and tight packing of new releases. If it It ever happened before, I bet you it was the EM era. I don't think there's ever been. It it was just insane. Yeah, it was. It was weird. Because I remember when we were going to TPF and the announcements were coming of what all was going to be there, and we're just like, uh, this is a nobody releases like this. Mm-hmm. They they they've nobody's ever done this. This is going to be crazy. And that was our obviously just after starting to accept Patreon, you know, and that helped uh, helped us uh, covered our trip costs. It did. So you we know, made uh, we wonderful. made something we'd never done before. We made a concerted effort in order for the listeners to know to play every single new game, and we yes. did. But, oh my gosh, was there a lot? We had just, we, you know, basically over two days, we broke it up where we'd be like, all right, here's the order we're going to go in and here's the lines we're going to stand in uh, in order to try all of this stuff. So you and I have played Final Resistance because we did yes. make sure we played it we did. at the show. And I thought it was a very fun game. I did too. I think I put it right behind uh, Foo Fighters, I think, on my ranking. Maybe I put, I put it third, second I put or third. Farther down very than high. You did, I put it very but high. It was still um, quite high. Because it was fun, fun to play. Not a game I would buy myself because I won't buy the platform. But, Correct. Uh, and it's tied to that because that's what the system is. But anyway, uh, so that is now uh, coming out if that is something you are interested in. All right, that's it for pinball. So we can now uh, play our game. Now, on our last episode, we played uh, a game which I guess I'm just going to call Rank Random Pins. So <laughs> it's just, rank, ran- it's just rank just, Random Pins. We're just going to do some random we stuff. Take, we take 10 numbers and we rank them. And uh, I did put a poll up with our, uh, I took our results, I put them in a spreadsheet, put the image up on our Patreon, and our Patreon members voted. I only gave them two choices. I could either vote if they felt my ranks were the most accurate or your ranks were the most accurate. I barely won. I had 57% of the vote. But we did have requests for other options. Now, one was someone just didn't want to pick between the two of us. And I'm just like, you know, what? Uh, grow a spine and pick. 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 I think you should just put in put in both are good for their own reasons. And we, <sighs> and we love and Maybe support I'll do them. Maybe I will. Because I do like to listen to the Patreon people. Uh, we did have another person 
who basically said we were both wrong. The pin side rank was right, and I should have had that as an option. That was that's, yeah. that's a very fair that's point. a very fair so fair point. I, I will make sure to at least have that one in on this next go. But anyway, so we're going to do this again. So for those that don't know, the game is simple. I took uh, randomize.org and I just had it pick. 10 numbers in the range of the pin side top 100. The pin side top 100 actually is more like the pin side top 300. And then uh, figure out what those games were, list them out. And then we go through and we rank them ourselves. And Tony, I've actually already done that. So we will be able to transition right into it. That said, I did run into a new issue. Last time we actually ranked 11 games because one of the numbers that was selected had two games. So right. I just included both. This time... Um, I ran into the opposite problem where a number would be picked and there was no game in that rank because the prior rank had multiple games in it. So in those instances, I'll declare those. I went back to the prior number and so that we don't, it could have ended up with us ranking like 15 games. So what I've done is- Yeah, that would just be getting crazy. When there's, yeah, I think moving forward, whenever there's a tie like that, I'm going to go ahead and I just use randomize again to like pick like one through three if there were three games and that's the one- Whatever's with the one, right? Is the one we'll do. So that way we keep it a nice tight 10 because I think that makes sense. So here are the games that we were given. This is the order that they were given to us by random.org. Uh, ranked game 241. That's Gottlieb's uh, 1979 game Genie. Then there was game 217. That's Williams' 1988 game Jokers. Then rank game 10, that is Cactus Canyon. And the way it works with Pinside, that's both Cactus Canyon from Williams, 1998, and the CGC remake from 2021. Uh, next game was rank 232. That's Gottlieb's Big Hurt from 1995. Then uh, rank game 62. That was actually a tie to get. In fact, Getaway was one of those games. We had Getaway on the list last we time. Did. However, uh, the randomizer said we had to go with the second game in that set of tie and that's heist multimorphics 2020 game the next number we were given was 15 there is currently no rank 15 there were two rank 14 games and the randomizer said we're doing metallica stern 2013 then there was rank game 277 that's gottlieb's cue ball wizard from 1992 then was rank 175 there's nothing in that rank currently so we were randomly given the 174th game elvis because there were two games at that tier that's stern's 2004 title then the ninth game was rank 123 that's avatar stern 2010 and finally we had rank 114 there was no game at rank 114 there were three games at rank 112 and the randomizer says we're doing nba fast break that's a williams uh, or wms game from 97 so those are the 10 games so the way we do it is we kind of just alternate back and forth or, or kind of cycle back down, then down back up. So I'll go ahead and start us this time. I went ahead and put uh, rank. My rank number one is Metallica. Same. Oh, okay. So it's, I mean, for me, Metallica is a, it's the art's cool. The Sparky's cool. It's a fun game to shoot. I, I actually don't like the rules on this game nearly as much as most other people, because to me, it it's, it's a very, it's not as much of a wood chopper as a '90s game, but it's a wood chopper. There's a lot of repeating the shots, but uh, I mean, it's integrated well. The shots are fun, like going through for the inline uh, tombstone targets. I really liked that multi ball. That was my favorite to go for in competitive. I'd usually just try and get Sparky started because that game can. The ball yeah. times were not long on that game, in my experience. The the hammer ball, especially if you've ever played like the premium where it knocks it into the play field, that's a pretty cool. That's attack. a great. And the snake's fun too. Um, not as easy as the Gene Simmons head on 
Gene Simmons's hit game Kiss, but it was fun. Uh, so it's it's a really well integrated package. Uh, Dirty Donnie did a great job tying it all together, and uh, definitely one of the pinnacles of the DMD era. Yeah, it, it it is a truly great game. I I would go so far as to call it probably my number two favorite music pen. Okay. Uh, what's your number two game? My number two game is Cactus Canyon. Okay, that's mine also. Oh, clones! We're begun the Clone Wars has. Oh, don't worry. That's going away with number three. I guarantee it. Oh, okay. <laughs> so why the cactus? Uh, cactus Canyon. The original Cactus Canyon with the limited code, not nearly as fun as the Cactus Canyon Reloaded code that was created for the old game or the code for the new version, the extended code. Uh, but it has still been a fun game. Uh, it has some fun shots. I like the, uh, uh, I actually don't hate the pop-ups. Let's go with that. The, some of the pop-up targets, some of the pop-up shots. I like the little quick draw, uh, event and all in all, it's a game that I always, whenever I had a chance to play it, I would play it, uh, to the point where I was kind of surprised, uh, when they did the remake that, uh, I talked to so many people who had never actually played it before. Cause I'm like. But it's at like all the conventions. Mm. But I guess they didn't want to stand in line for it. I, I mean, guess. they didn't make a ton of them, so no, I, they I didn't get make that. a whole lot of them. So I mean, it makes sense. I just we had one pretty close locally that we that we had a chance to play a fair amount, and then I always played them at, at T- TPF several times. So it's definitely one of those uh, fun little titles that I think really encapsulates the that era. Okay. Yeah, I um I, I don't love this game. I was surprised that they remade it because other than its rarity, I really I wouldn't have put it high on the list. But the layout is fun. The yeah, the the quick draw with the uh that's probably the I would say it's the best implementation of the pop-up thing, like trolls or hobbits trolls or the pop-up scolaries. This is definitely the best implementation of it where it's actually fun to shoot for them. Uh so yeah, it's it's just a neat layout. The train, it's just got it's got cool toys. It's very '90s Williams. Oh, so, very. Uh, plus, it's very approachable. So if you want to like, if you want to feel like a a great player and get to wizard modes, uh, this is a game that that that's very achievable for. So yeah, it's simple. It's easy to understand. It's a really good implementation of the Western theme. Uh, so yeah. Uh, anyway, so yeah, that's why I also put it at number two. So my number three is Avatar, and the reason that I picked that is the Navi need my help. I've actually always just enjoyed Avatar. We had, uh, we've had it from time to time on location. Uh, I've never played the LE. I've only played the pro the game. Yeah. It's only got one ramp, but the coffin lock is a fun shot. I I've always tried to, all right, maybe I've done it a couple of times when I'm not doing well. And I try and shake it. So it goes and gives me my ball register. So I can get my multi You're not supposed to do that. It's not ideal, but, um, but, uh, so that was a bug in it, but, but shooting that coffin shot, as everyone calls it, the link shot, I think it's a technical name. It's a, it's a tight shot and it's cool. It just, you know, prongs and locks the ball in and it's a captive ball. And then there's the mech suit. The callouts are awesome. The guy doing the, who is the bad guy in the movie did like the callouts for it. So he just goes complete ham over the top. If you can get into like his mech suit multi-ball, it's just, it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, you, you try and plunge in, you got to watch out a little bit from the drain out of the pops because it can straight down the middle of you. So it's actually a, a dangerous pop cluster, which is, uh, something that I often lament uh, not existing anymore with games that choose to do pops in the modern era. 
So it's a pretty basic stripped out game, and that's not too surprising given that's 2010. This is a couple of years into Stern's We Are Broke, and we are just trying our best to get the games out. Um, but for all of that, I, I think it's a pretty good experience. And it's got that weird 3D uh, translate effect going on too. Yeah. So pretty, pretty good package for a theme I don't care at all about. Yeah. So that's why it's my third. It's also my third. You said we were diverging. I figured for sure that we would diverge. You right lies. There. I, 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 I was, I was I, incorrect. I, if these are, if we're tied on all of these, I'm not putting a poll up because that would just be stupid. <laughs> I'll, I'll put a poll up. Were Dennis and Tony right or was Pinside right? That's what I'll do. That's what the vote. There's no way that we're tied all the way through. The fact that we've been tied for three is. This is a record, I think. It is a record. Granted, we've only played this game twice. <laughs> but <laughs> this even is, from this other similar t- games that we've done and other types of things, it's... How it's, many drops is this for you, Lieutenant? Uh, two. <laughs> or, no, uh, t- what was it? <laughs> I forget what he says, like, uh, t- like 18 or something. Yeah. Like, how many combat drops? Uh, two, including this one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, so uh, well, I guess that was your three. Do you have anything to add to it? I don't. All right, what's your four? <laughs> My fourth is heist. Okay, we have diverged. Okay, I don't have a lot of time on heist. Uh, I enjoyed every minute that I have played on that game. Uh, I would like to have more time on that game and play it more, but it is. I would consider it the most enjoyable game up to that point that I had played uh on Multimorphic. Uh it yeah, no, I think up up to that point it was the one I enjoyed the most uh when it had come out. So I, I definitely ranked it pretty decently. But yeah, that's yeah, what I got. You put it in the top half of the I did of the list. I um my fourth is Elvis. So we the same collector who owns an original Cactus Canyon has an Elvis. So that's where I've played it. I think maybe I played it one time at a show, but I played it quite a bit uh, at this collector's house. There's a lot to do on Elvis. There's, it's actually, I know a lot of people will look at World Poker Tour and say that it's Steve Ritchie's oddest layout compared to, because it's so drop target heavy compared to everything else he's done. But Elvis is another Steve Ritchie game that looks very unlike pretty much anything else he's done. The upper play field with the the what the house and everything is really well done. There's a little dog shot because the hound dog and all of that. Um, it's just, I just think the the it's uh, again it's of the era. So this is a 2004 game. So this is before they were cheaping out. There were a lot of toys and stuff on it, but still pretty basic 90s style code. But for what is all in there, there's a lot of shots to do on it, and it still plays pretty quick, even though it's not the more what you think of as more traditional Steve Ritchie layout. So I've always just really enjoyed playing it quite a bit. I also understand why you didn't put it at fourth, because I do recall one time we played it in a tournament, and I think you lost on bonus. It wasn't to me. You lost to someone else. But Oh, was it? Tell the story, because it wasn't me. I just remember you being really annoyed. I lost on the extra ball plunge. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I shouldn't laugh. (laughs) sorry i'm sorry he plunged the extra ball and it bounced just right Mm. and activated multi-ball yes that's right because the thing the thing that i remember was it wasn't like it was that close it wasn't like 
Right. Like Tony's like, like, oh yeah, he's gonna get bonus on the extra ball and easily have this. Like no, it's, no, no. no. <laughs> it was bull crap. It was bull pucky. He 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 plunged and it hit the bounce just right and it bounced around and we're just standing there. And then all of a sudden it activated the multi-ball and more balls started shooting in and they were bouncing and the ball save was going. And, and it, it wasn't a little score. It was a very large jump because I had a decent lead that he caught, he got close to, but he did not come to where I thought a normal just plunge and bonus would have done anything. Right, right. And he beat me, not by a lot, but he beat me. And I... I don't know if I have ever been so angry <laughs> at a tournament as that mm. because that is just the most BS thing ever. <laughs> okay. So uh, <clears throat> Tony's memories of Elvis are not quite as fond as my own, where that has never happened to me. Uh, all right. So that was my number four. You already did your number four. So my number five is Cue Ball Wizard. Oh. So... I have maybe played this in person once or twice. This is more known to a lot of people, I imagine, uh, because the pinball arcade, the video game, has Cue Ball Wizard. Look, there's one reason why this needs to be in the middle of the pack for no other reason, and that would be Rowdy Ramp Rounds. Rowdy Ramp Rounds. You got to have your Rowdy Ramp Rounds. Rowdy Ramp Rounds. I love Rowdy Ramp Rounds. <laughs> I say Rowdy Ramp Rounds when I play other games, when there are ramps, and I'm just shooting them. And it's Rowdy Ramp Rounds. The people by me say it with me because they love that I'm obnoxious. Like, no, they don't. They don't. They're, they're probably the, mad. Those the listeners are aren't there. They're just in your voices in your head. So I love Rowdy Ramp Browns. It's a fun layout, I think. Um, I was actually surprised it was this low on the pin side list because on the pin side list, this is the lowest ranked game of all 10 of these. And I'm like, no way. It's got that giant cue ball. Yes, it's Gottlieb. It's the 90s. The modes, oh my gosh. Some of the mo- the modes aren't balanced. There's a ridiculousness that happens. But it's a fun shooter. I think it's a fun shooter. Um, would I own one in my collection? Probably not long, long term, but may- I've thought about it. I've thought about trying to get one. So anyway, Cue Ball Wizard is my number five. I doubt it's your number five, though. What's your number five? Elvis. Oh. Oh, it wasn't as bad as I it thought. It wasn't as bad. I thought you were going to put it in bottom half, thing. not smack dab in I, the middle. I do really like the game. I just have a little PTSD off of mm. that game. Because that wasn't the only thing. I've also had that game uh, uh, have some issues before. Uh, that's the game where the uh, um, I got the ball stack uh, on the multiball where the balls all trapped themselves on the flippers so that it was a perfect stack mm. at the bottom, uh, which wasn't trauma. It was just funny oh. the way they landed. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, it is one of those games that was just, I enjoy it. I like it. It would have probably been my number four, but I've got a little rage at that machine. Mm. <laughs> I've only, I think I've only played it three times since that happened. Oh, okay. Well, we haven't, there hasn't been an event there. No, there like hasn't. used to host like twice a year uh, party and uh, since the pandemic, we haven't right. had one. So, um, okay. Well, what's your sixth game then? NBA fast break. Okay. Um, nothing really special about it. 
uh, it's a game I've played. I mean, it's not like it's Harlem Globetrotters. That would have been like number two if mm. that had been in this list. But NBA Fast Break's not a bad game. Uh, I enjoy it well enough on the few, very few occasions I've played it. There's nothing huge, jumpy about it, uh, unlike some of these other games. But yeah, no, number six. Okay. My number six is Heist. So uh, at this point, I, I would need more. I just don't have a ton of time on it, just like you. Like, I don't know yet if I would rank Heist ahead or under Weird Al. I still lean towards putting it ahead of Weird Al, but I'd probably put Final Resistance ahead of Heist is kind of where I'm at. But uh, I'm in the same, I'm in the same boat. Very few plays. Uh, what I like about Heist is um, I think the module looks really cool. I th- like the whole thing, the little cityscape that they went with. And it's very, I think it's very 90s kind of in its approach. I think it's pretty easy to understand and comprehend. Uh, I think the modes and stuff they did were were good, good uses of the space and all of that. Um, but like in the, in the realm of overall pinball games, it's also, I compared to like a lot of the other uh, games, like the, it's the crane, I think, in that game is the mm-hmm. big, cool. Me- and that mech is really, really cool. Um, but I I don't know. I just like it's fun, but it it's not it plays it aside from the crane. It's also a pretty safe. I think it played it very safe, which is fine. Uh, I think it would appeal to a lot of people. So anyway, that's why it's kind of in the middle of the pack. It's just I like it, but I don't love it. But actually, on most of these games, I don't really love them. That I didn't. We didn't win a lot of Dennis like faves here in the list. Yeah. So uh, just the way, just the way that that is. So anyway, that's why I went ahead and put it at number six. And my number seven game is NBA Fast Break. Now, back in the day, NBA Fast Break was an excellent game for one main reason: you could part it out to fix your Good Williams games. <laughs> uh, we had one on location for a while at one point. It didn't last all that long, which was just as well. It's, it's, it looks like a basketball court. I think people started to fall in love with it or convince themselves they fell in love with it when they couldn't afford anything else. So you start turning to the C tier Williams games, but it's not that good of a game in my opinion. Uh, yeah, it's neat to go and play for the baskets and stuff. And, and, but I, I don't love the layout. I don't love the rules. I, uh, the, the whole gimmick to it is really the linked system, which I've never played it that way. And most people aren't going to, because who's going to own two of these things when you could fix an attack from Mars with it. So it's, it's, it's fine. It's not offensive. I definitely like, again, you mentioned Harlem. I'd mentioned hoops. There are better basketball games. This one's like middle of the pack. Right. You might like this more than like the Stern NBA. You might like this more than, um, I don't know, name another. Is there any other basketball games at that point? Those are the ones uh, that jump out to uh, me. There's, oh, there must be, there must be something that's kind of weird. Uh, I respect it in the fact that it actually does try and be, most basketball games, Har- Harlem and Hoops are the exceptions. Most, I think it's so, there may only really be four, four big ones. I mean, I'm not going into the EM era. Because uh, NBA Fast Break and the Stern NBA, I think they try and be the court. That was the idea. Right. And I think the Williams, the WMS one, does a good job about really trying to look kind of like a basketball court with the layout in a way that still let it be playable. So kudos to that. Um, oh, Super Hoops. There's Super Hoops from, um, from oh, uh, yeah. European. And they did the same thing. Like they try, They're trying to recreate the court. Harlem, as old as it is, doesn't try and like – Nothing about the shots are basketball. It's just it's themed Harlem, and then there's just a bunch of spinners. So right. Kind of, kind of is the thing. And then hoops, 
I was going to go on a tangent. The thing I love about hoops is they didn't try and capture the basketball court. They tried to capture the concept of the shots in basketball, like the alley-oop and the three-pointer and stuff. And that's how they like they made the three-pointer the really far away shot and stuff. So they tried to emulate how it feels to be the player. So that's how a lot of games in basketball have tried to do it. And NBA Fast Break you know, went with the let's try and be the court. And maybe they're the best one of that, but it doesn't make it to be the best player. So anyway. So, uh, so it's seven for me. What's your seven? Jokers. Mm, okay. System 11 game. We've played it a we, number of times. Yeah, we've played it quite a number of times. It's not terrible. It's nothing special. I'm not going to go out of my way to play it. It's one of those games that when I saw it on this list, I had to think. Uh, it wasn't quite to the I had to look it up stage, but I had to think about it mm. to recall it. So uh, it's not non-memorable, but it's just it's there. Mm-hmm. It's a game. Okay. What's your eighth? The Big Hurt. Okay. So, uh, same thing. It's it's a game that I vaguely remember and I've played a couple of times, uh, I think, at TPF. Um, but I have no special thoughts or memories on it. Okay. Uh, my number eight is Joker's. So the only thing I really remember about Jokers is it has a ramp that raises uh, in the middle of the play field to make a like a jump shot. Mm-hmm. But it's the late 80s, so it's not a great ramp. Like it raises really slowly. You have to wait for it. It makes a whole like almost like a catapult or roller coaster sound as it's going. Right. Which is, I mean, it's a, it's a neat effect, but. Like compared to, and I know it's not fair because of the modern era, but compared to like the cool like jump wrap shot on Toy Story Four, this is a very lackluster ramp. In the far in the wet in the realm of jump ramps, I really find it pretty uninteresting, and that's the only memorable thing about Joker's. It's definitely a bottom half System Eleven game, maybe closer to half than bottom, but I uh, I I have no I have no desire to ever. Like, I don't care if I ever play it again or don't. Like, I'm indifferent to it. Right. So that's why it's, it's fairly fairly far down on my list uh, at number eight. Um, my number nine game is Big Hurt. I couldn't remember if I've ever played it, the baseball theme game. If I, I, th- I thought maybe I had tried to at TPF, and I thought maybe it wasn't working right the way it was. It, But it... I, this was right at the end of premiere. They were, I mean, barbed wire was their last game, which is, oh my, thank God it wasn't that good. Barbed wire is a terrible game. Terrible. So bad. Terrible game. But, um, but no, it didn't leave an impression with me, but honestly, I can't remember ever legitimately playing it either. So it's almost just down here because, uh, I've never really heard a lot of good stuff about it, which is not fair, but that's, uh, that's life. So what's your number nine? Cube all wizard. Okay. Because Rowdy Rampers. I, I, I couldn't actually recall ever playing this game. I'm you sure never I never played it in Pinball Arcade. Rowdy I, I, I might have, but I don't recall it. Okay. All right. Well, that's that's fair enough. So based off of that, that means we both put Genie at ten. Yeah. Wow. Another one. All right. Why is Genie your tenth game? I also don't recall ever playing. Okay. That it's game. in Pinball Arcade. Also, <laughs> I may have played it in. All right. <clears throat> this is where. This is where I'm going to lose people and you'll end up winning, even though we both picked it at 10th. I talked last episode about how awful Space Invaders was in the game. <laughs> you might recall that. In fact, oh, I do recall. I had someone post on, on Facebook upset 
at what I said about Spy Hunter in my process of destroying Space Invaders. <laughs> and I pointed out, I did, in fact, put Spy Hunter ahead in Space Invaders, thereby making Space a Spy Hunter the winner in the hypothetical matchup of awful versus awful. It, 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 and I stand by that because at least Spy Hunter was creative. Yeah. Genie is the Space Invaders of Gottlieb. <laughs> Genie might not be the worst System 1 game, but it is the worst System 1 game you likely will ever personally play. <laughs> the only thing worse than how Gottlieb's Genie plays is having to hear people try and pretend that it plays good. <laughs> because they do. They look at it and they're like, Look at this wide play field. Look at all this amazing stuff. They did, the game is carved up into four quadrants because they didn't know what to do with it. And all the quadrants are bad. <laughs> is one quadrant worse than the other? Absolutely. They're not all equal because that would be silly. They would have to be identical for laid out quadrants. And that would be nonsense that space invaders might have tried to do. But in this case, you have the opening plunge with all your top lanes that's probably the best part because it's before you've the ball has rolled and, and the ball itself has learned how bad this game is <laughs> then you have the open-ish lower right quadrant where you feel like you spend most of the time then you've got the whole waterfall pachinko thing and you know what i think about pachinko you love them that's right in pachinko but i hate that is what if there's no other reason, when people talk about like the nostalgia, and there's not many left that do, but there's some people that will, they may not say it this way because they know they'll get burned in the comments, but they basically want to argue that EMs are better than solid state era games. And they're forgetting about all the waterfall pachinko nonsense that happened in the EM era where it's just metal against metal, watching a ball and arguing, oh, well, you can nudge it and you can have control. Yeah, whatever. Go play your bingos. No one cares. No one cares. And no one cares on this game either. I've heard there are three things you can do to make Genie be better. Number one, I know someone who owned one once who put a Powerball, a ceramic ball in it. I have not played it that way. However, I have done that. I've put a lighter weight ball in my Buck Rogers, and I will say that can help quite a bit because the System 1 games were so EM-esque that they're very floaty. And Buck Rogers ain't a wide body. So I imagine it will, it definitely should pay dividends on, on Genie. So if you happen to have a Genie for some reason and you haven't tried that, I would recommend trying to do it. If you can't, Powerballs are super expensive. So what I recommend is you can order like the balls that are more uh, like what were designed for Viper Night Drive and like the Glow Ball style. Like they're lightweight too and they're much more affordable. So I have a whole pack of them. Um, I'm not offering to give them to you though. But go buy your own pack. The, uh, Number two, I've not heard of anyone doing this, but it logically makes sense. And I've thought about doing it with Buck Rogers. Prop the back legs up more. Either get extended leg levelers or put like two by fours or bricks or something under it to try and give it some more verticality. I'm normally someone who argues against just jacking the games all the way up because it actually kills the side to side action. But as I mentioned, there's like the four quadrants going on in that game. Those quadrants are so unfun. Just try and keep it in the <laughs> just middle. Try and keep it. Just try and keep it. And that will help you with that. Just it will help, help you, you drain it faster. Don't go into the Pachinko waterfall area. Don't do. Don't experience Genie the way they thought you wanted to experience it. Experience it the way I want you to. Straight down the middle. That's the best way. And the third thing is, if you happen to have this game, you could get rid of it. 
that's probably the best answer. And that's what you should be doing. You get, this people love the art. People love the initial like music little beep 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 startup sound. Like you can you can get rid of it and get something else, something smaller. Get if you if you don't want something smaller, get Space Invaders because it's better than this. And you know what I think of Space Invaders? Have you heard episode two hundred? Yeah, it's a bad game, but this is actually worse. It again, I don't know that this. I've heard Close Encounters of the Third Time and Charlie's Angels are really really. And I think I played Charlie's Angels once. I've never played Close Encounters to my knowledge. But this is bad. This is like of the popular Gottliebs. This is the one that doesn't deserve to be. Which of these is not like the other system ones? This one, this is no Countdown. This is no Joker Poker. This is no Sinbad. This is no Cleopatra. This is trash. It's pronounced genie in the original flyer, but in English it's pronounced trash. Trash, dude. And that's why it's 10th. Garbage. I cannot believe this was ranked several, like a dozen higher than Q-Ball Wizard. Wow. Garbage. Talk about, talk about, and it's like, God, I was going to say guy, guy, bias against Gottlieb. It's bias against premier Gottlieb. Talk about bias to put cue ball wizard with rowdy ramp rounds beneath <laughs> genie where the to, only to magic put, that happens, your wish is granted when the game ends to put the one meme potential in a game, a game that gets ranked due to just meme potential. Yeah. <sighs> Gosh, it's just ranked. It's just, and don't get me wrong. It's rank as bad as it should be. Right. It's only ranked as high as it is because of the art. That's the only reason. Garbage. I'm done with the pinball segment. I'm done with this game. The Patreon people will get an opportunity to vote. I'm glad we were in agreement, Tony, that this is the worst game that we have ever voted on. (laughs) Video games. What's going on with it? Bring us back. Well, first off, we got a completed game review from our Oh. Game reviews. <laughs> okay. Yes. I posted this in this morning. Thank you. Um, guys, they're like, I'm, I'm going to round. There are like 20 of you that have reviews pending. Where are our reviews? We have not forgotten. Pepperidge Farm doesn't forget. I don't forget. Genie ain't making me forget. I have all your emails saved for those of you who have not yet sent us the reviews <laughs> in. We gave you a free game. There was a condition. Where's the review? Robert G. followed through. He acknowledged it was three months later, but he followed through. Separate from that, if you've already done a review before and turned it in, or if you've never done a review before, Tony and I still have free Steam codes. We will let you have a free game. We do not know what it is. We were not told what they were when we were given the codes. They're probably garbage. They're probably garbage. But with that in mind, you can have one for free. You don't have to be a Patreon member. Doesn't matter. Just email us at Podcast at gmail.com. Say, I want a Steam code for review. I'll get you one. Until I'm out, I'll get you one. We still have them. Yeah. We're over halfway through them, but we still have some. Garbage. So this is what Robert wrote. I'll go ahead and read it here from his email. My code gave me Ice Age Scrat's Nutty Adventure which is a single-player 3D platformer action-adventure game. As an aside, Tony, I think I've this is the first game I've actually heard of. I think I heard of this. Maybe I'm wrong and I've just heard of Ice Age, but I'm telling myself I heard of this game. It's entirely possible. It might have been one of those silly little speedruns at, at a overnight session of Games Done Quick. Could be. Could be. The player controls the titular Scrat, the saber-toothed squirrel from the Ice Age animated film franchise. Armed with small jumps and an ending supply of throwable acorns, Scrat hunts through the worlds from Ice Age in search of four crystal nuts that will unlock the acorn, capital T, capital A. 
the acorn along the way. He solves. He said the acorn twice. Along the way, he solves simple puzzles, gathers crystals, and fins off animal enemies. The gameplay is simple enough that even as an old man just getting used to the controller more complex than a Super Nintendo, even I quickly got the hang of things. It could serve as a good instruction to gaming for kids. The game does a nice job of slowly introducing new mechanics, new ways of interacting with the world, making the puzzles more complex and the enemies more difficult, as Scat progresses, even offering more sneakily hidden treats to find. That said, I'm unclear who this game is for. The controls still feel a bit advanced for the kind of kids that would be really into the Ice Age films. My five-year-old, who's at a great age to be introduced to the franchise, would have a hard time playing this game. But my seven or eight, I would bet she'd quickly get bored with the very mundane objectives and tedious actions necessary to complete each level. The music is pleasant, but unfortunately, to my ears, the sound effects are kind of grating. As someone who's never seen the Ice Age films, the repetitive sounds coming from that little <laughs> excuse me, from that little squirrel get annoying quickly. The game autosaves very often, so if you ever need a ball to bu- to bail quickly on your game, you'll pick up pretty close to where you left off next time you come back. Unfortunately, given the lackluster story and overly, sim- overly simplistic gameplay, that next time may never come. Thank you, Robert, for completing your mission and providing us with this key review. And though if you would like to re-listen to The View as a drinking game, you can take a shot every time Dennis says scat instead of scrap. Did I? Yeah. I tried not to. I'm a scat mask. I was thinking naughty scat, but I was thinking I'm scat mask. That is a good song. It is. All right, Tony, now save us. Here it is. All of the big news, all of the great, amazing things that have happened. There's a lot. There's been a fair amount of stuff. Uh, The fallout of Embracer's group restructuring Mm -hmm. due to that $2 billion fall through that we talked a little bit about. This is fine. This is fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, It it has taken a victim. A violation uh, has been closed immediately. uh, I thought it was a violation of volition. Or volition. Or is it scat, man? Either way. Volition? Sure. I thought it was volition. I don't know. The, uh, uh, yeah, because there's no A in it, so they have to be. Yeah. Uh, but they they made uh, Red Faction and the new Saints <gasps> That's Row. That's the game I was trying. I knew they did a franchise. I really. All right. Anyway, yeah. I, I apologize. Yeah, they did the new Saints Row, and, and they also did uh, Red Faction. But they are they're gone. They just shut them down hard. Mm. Uh, Didn't they do a space game you used to like? Free space or something? One of the they they did do a space game. I don't remember. I remember seeing it when I was reading the news. I don't remember what it was. Hmm. Uh, I'll, I'll take if it wasn't them, it was a precursor to them. I'll do a check, but um, but continue while I look. Yeah, so that's the the first of the major shutdowns I think that we've heard uh, from this restructuring. Uh, we know that they've canceled a bunch of games and that they've reduced staffing uh, at several of their studios, but I think this is the first studio I remember them full up just shutting down and completely ending. Um, Sony has also uh, renamed its handheld gaming device to the PlayStation Portal, which... Again, it, it, it's a screen on a DualShock controller, basically. Uh, that's not a standalone, so it's not like a um, Switch. 
that you can take with you. Uh, but it's designed so that while you're somewhere on Wi-Fi, you can stream games right. off of yeah. your. Right. Yeah. covered it. We talked about it a little bit. A few. Yeah. When they first back. announced it. Yeah. That's uh, they did say they did give us the price. It's going to be two hundred dollars, and it does not uh, support PSVR two games that require uh, games that require the headset, or games streamed through the PlayStation Plus Premium Cloud Streaming. So it'll only play games that are installed on your console. All right, uh, going back to Parallax, or excuse me, Volition, which used to be Parallax. Right. Uh, here's the list of the games for people. Now, I was going to go ahead and opine. Red Faction Guerrilla was one of my favorite games to play on the th- Xbox 360. It was one where you had a big hammer. You could, the the buildings were all destroyable. Like you could destroy right. them with that your hammer. That was the big thing with Red Faction. Yeah, and it was, that- and it was, and I played on the next one. It wasn't nearly as good. That first one, though, the way they had the physics with the buildings was just really. They were just like. Really, like everything was just made out of popsicle sticks. It was just, there was just <laughs> something about it. But um, all right. So here are the games that they they were known for. Now back as Parallax Software, which they they started in the mid '90s. They made Descent the, and Descent Two. Then as Volition, they made um something called Descent Free Space: The Great War. And Such then a good game. They did Free Space Two. Such a good game. And I thought you played Free Space. I've so. played all four of those okay. games. Uh, Summoner, Red Faction, Summoner Two. Uh, I wasn't a summoner player, but I've heard of it. Uh, the Punisher. Then they started Saints Row, which was like a serious like attempt to be a GTA clone in 2006. Saints Row 2, which was m- the first game I played, uh, and the first one where they were like, "All right, it's GTA, but silly." Not not. It was. I love not, the not Saints Row manic, games. Just silly. I love the Saints Row. Games. Uh, then Red Faction Guerrilla 2009, uh, which I, as I noted, I really enjoyed that game a lot. They did Red Faction Armageddon. I did play that. Saints Row the Third, mm-hmm. which was off the rails, silly, but I did play it. Saints Faction uh, Saints Row Four, which is beyond off the rails, silly, yes. and completely insane and great because of it. Yep. And then they had the the Gat Out of Hell Saints which Row, was also a great yes. standalone. Uh, I didn't play that one. Uh, Agents of Mayhem. And then, uh, and then the new Saints Row, which, which is called which, Saints Row, which was a complete flop. It was yes. a complete failure. And then, so those are the games that they did. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, Free Space was yeah because uh, the Descent games and the Free Space games both I played because okay. uh, the, they were they were a lot of fun back in the day. Mm-hmm. So yeah, nope, they're gone. Shut down and gone. Bye bye. But you know what's not gone? Starfield's not gone. Starfield's not gone. Reviews from Starfield. We kind of touched on this a little bit in the opening. Reviews on Starfield have been pretty solid overall. Now I wanted to bring something up because I read that I didn't dive into it because I'm also trying not to uh-huh. hurt spoilers or anything. But in some of the commentary, uh, one of the things I heard someone complain and that and purportedly it was like acknowledged this isn't just a Bethesda thing, and it's definitely not just a Starfield thing, but in order to pump up the Metacritic score, supposedly they were looking at uh, review groups, especially that do like the five point scale and have a tendency to score closer to the like a good game is a seven out of 10 and not giving them early copies. And, and that they initially that they pumped did. it to to those that tend to do more nine, nine out of 10 grade flation style. I've heard that as well. Okay. I, I've heard that they, they, they were uh, very systematic about who did and didn't get review copies like uh some crew people who work for Eurogamer got copies mm-hmm. uh but Eurogamer itself didn't get a copy right, to do right. a review of and, and you know some of the YouTubers that'll just be like it's the greatest thing ever yes they got copies and then more yeah yeah so i mean 
it's a grain of salt at this point. Mm. I, that's why the more impressive thing to me that's come out is the sheer number of people are like, this is right. not the normal Bethesda buggy mess. Right, because it's early access, so we are actually hearing legitimate feedback at this point. Right. And it's been positive. Yeah, yeah. And it's supposed to actually look pretty good and run fine on both uh, Xbox consoles. Okay. I don't uh, really care about the S, but... Right, but uh, now I have read some reports that there seems to be a lot of loading, but mm. a lot of it is hidden by stuff, oh, like, okay. like you would expect. But The but old Mass a, Effect elevator scene. Yeah, but there seems to be it's a lot of loading. my favorite store on the Citadel. But we'll, <laughs> but we'll definitely be getting a, a lot more reports coming in this upcoming week. Um, the Call of Duty franchise is trying something new. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are going with real-time voice chat moderation. How? AI. Oh. <laughs> Wait, duh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm, really, I'm going to listen in on your conversations. Yeah. <laughs> That's my what's your Hey, what's your occupation? Uh, I am a Call of Duty real-time <laughs> voice chat moderator. What do you do? I listen to 13-year-olds talk about banging each other's mom. That's wow. <laughs> How much does that pay? <laughs> Not well. <laughs> Not well. And it, and it leaves me with ma- trauma. massive mental trauma. trauma. It pays in trauma. Okay. So, but no, they are, uh, they do not currently, supposedly, according to them, have the AIs doing the moderation. The AIs are flagging stuff to be followed up for moderation mm. by human uh, listeners. Okay. So we'll see how long that holds. And uh, it is a, it, that is live on the North American servers now uh, as a beta and will be going live globally in November when the new Call of Duty comes out. Um, but what's interesting – and arguably kind of understandable currently the moderation only works for chat in english oh okay huh you know (laughs) flashback you remember final fantasy 11 oh i do you remember uh, final fantasy 11 was an mmo and it had uh because of its economy its player-based economy there were a lot of people not bots but there are actually just a lot of people that were like gold farmers, basically. Uh-huh. They would go and they would they would harvest all the resources to sell them for real money and all of that. And you'd see them like fishing and stuff. And whether it was true or not, everyone just decided that they were all from China. Well, like, yeah. They were all, all the gold farmers were from China. And so you just see play, players and if they were like trying to fish and there were other people like trying to catch the, spe- whatever the special fish are, like legendary mm-hmm. things. And always go. And people, I just remember, it was kind of like how, if you've ever seen the, the uh, documentaries of like how bees, certain bees, like uh, Japanese honeybees and stuff will, will fly and they'll swarm an enemy and, and heat them to death, like heat a hornet to death by mm-hmm. smothering them. It was like that in Final Fantasy XI, except because no one playing knew Chinese, all they do is they swarm them and they just start like saying, ni hao, ni hao, ni hao, ni hao, ni hao. <laughs> and it's just hello in Mandarin, but but it's being done in a super toxic like. <laughs> ni hao, ni hao. It was just like they just swarm them until they try and drive them off to get them to quit or log out or whatever, or run away, run to the town or whatever. Just follow them. You just see these people going ni hao, ni hao, ni hao. And it was just like, what is this madness? So that's what they're trying to prevent here. Yeah, they don't want their AI bots to be doing trying to. They didn't want to be using the 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 Final Fantasy Eleven yes. built in translation thing. Yes. Yeah. Oh, please I, give me oh, your meat rod. Oh gosh. <laughs> yes. Yes. So that was another, another side. So because there were so many 
Japanese players and English players in Final Fantasy XI, there were certain phrases that had auto-translate where you could type something, you could tell it to use the auto-translate tool so that someone like like looking for group. Right. You'd be able to say looking for group and it'd have a little notation about like it'd be in braces or something. So, you know, you set it through the auto-translator. And that was because there were, I mean, people don't understand, like there, the servers were blended. So there were tons of Japanese players on the server. You weren't oh, yeah. like on an American server. You were on a server. And it made sure that server was oh, yeah. good overnight. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it was good. Yeah. So when you start, the problem was, so what do you do when you get into an argument with the Japanese players? Well, or you're trying to say things. You're using the auto-translate, but the thing is, the words don't mean the same things. And all like, so because we have words like, well, like say, like, let's say you wanted to say, Oh, that's a burn, right? You could, you could literally mean a burn with fire or an insult is a burn mm-hmm. or something like, so people would do the, use those auto translates thinking they were like telling the Japanese players something, which doesn't make any sense when translated Japanese It's not an insult. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, but they, I think started to pick up on it. So sometimes they would say things only. And, uh, there was uh, and the biggest thing that I remember a lot of English players hated is sometimes you'd go and you'd look and you could look at people to they'd have like a summary they could sit because a lot of people just sit AFK in the game right and because you could set up a little yeah. bizarre where or, you said AFK and you could do and, do, and you could do like announcements you. and stuff and the one that everyone hated was was the JP only yep which was Japanese players only they didn't want your American butt in their group and then people were like that's racist and they'd be mad and then they'd start trying to say mean things to them with the auto translate and it just didn't work right because you'd be all like uh, define lumber your behind your taru or something <laughs> I was like that doesn't make sense to them you're not actually telling them to stick a piece of wood up their bum uh, anyway okay sorry AI no it's a beautiful segue though yeah no, but none of our listeners understood any of it True. So, so I simply except for those of them who played Final Fantasy. But speaking of MMOs, we are going to segue to another MMO that we both played: mm. World of Warcraft. Oh, that's right. We played that after Final Fantasy XI. We did, and uh, we've talked recently uh, because they've got the World of Warcraft Classic mm-hmm. servers up. Uh, so you can play you vanilla, know, yeah. vanilla, and just Burning Crusade or whatever. They've got a new version of the classic server coming out. Mm. Hardcore. Okay. If you die, you're dead. Oh, you, you, you die in, in the game. You die in real it's life. Permadeath. Oh, they. I mean, Blizzard does that with Diablo, so I'm yep. not too shocked. I'm it's not too permadeath. Shocked. If you die, you pop up in the game and back up in the game as a ghost, but you can't retrieve your body. You ghost. can't come back to life. You are as a ghost. There are some interactions you can do to basically finish out, and then you leave. Mm. Uh, they do have an option, though, so that you could take your character and have them move to a standard classic. Uh, that's uh, that's a little bit of soft serve. With I think it's character. a little soft. You know what? As well, could I, I don't know uh, because I think if everything else sort of functions. It's basically they just made it so you couldn't take your body back. Here's what I'd like to do as a concept. I mean, I don't want to spend the money to go to this trouble, but uh, right. conceptually, I like the idea. Briefly, would be I'd want to form a guild of just ghosts. I like call it ghost mode, and. You just go around and we just like haunt a person. We would just find a player <laughs> and, and our whole guild of like 40 people is following them. Just go, like ni hao, saying, ni go, hao. yes, uh, saying ghost stuff. Like, ni ghost, hao. Ghost, or just like, 
I had the time of my life. <laughs> is, that, is that song from that? From, I don't know. Whoopi, we do yeah. whoopi co- quotes. We'll do Patrick Swayze co- quotes. Occasionally, we'll throw in a roundhouse line instead. But uh, it's an interesting roundhouse, concept. Roundhouse. Yeah. roundhouse. It's an interesting concept yes. for a game that's designed with entire raids and fights mm. that are designed around the concept oh, of intentionally having uh, people die. Just. Jim, just imagine the grind to go to molten core and then you get owned by some lava monster. Right. Just like, oh, come on, guys. I just think of all of the times we'd have a wipe in molten core on but, trash. I mean, imagine, or... imagine if you lagged out. Oh, yeah. Uh, now, they did say that they put in uh, one of the things they did to make it more viable is they reduced the timer for lag out or drops hmm. so that so that if you lag out or you lose your connection it'll disconnect you faster I'm just, than the I'm normal just, like just minute everyone's where you playing just hardwired there. sitting there with their ethernet cord in their hand like lace between their mouse fingers just, just be like if we're about to lose I'm yanking this cord boop but and then you respawn or with the boss <laughs> and I'm like oh wait no, that was a bad idea yeah. okay and they also removed uh, a lot of the PVP uh, they put in a new PVP option uh, but it requires 100% consent before it's basically oh. a, you have to you know, activate you gotta a have Google. a hardcore PVP server where someone will gank you coming out of the earliest well the, like, the early no, areas no, no, were no. I'm gonna yeah. collect flowers for Miss <laughs> Daisy yay and you're no some... Daisy at all I'm your huckleberry now. <laughs> You're sitting yes. there, and some orcs just sitting out there. Yep. Hey, kid, where are you going today? Just like got a little balloon <laughs> down and down underneath the the, the, the the wooded storm drain. Why don't you come under here and get your boat? <laughs> we all float down here. <laughs> oh, that would be fun. Oh man, and then. We have some sad news. Is it? Sad? I don't know. Um, this news is. It is sad, but understandable-ish. I think maybe, maybe it's we'll sus. See what, we'll see what people think. Maybe it's suspect. Could be, but Nintendo has announced that Charles Martinet is no longer the video game voice of Mario. Let's go away. <laughs> 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 uh, okay. Well, the, I mean, he's been doing it for like ever. Yeah, since the nineties. He he's he's been everywhere. He's definitely at a point where in his life where he could full on be retired. Right. I don't like to tell people like that it's bad when they retire because it should be good that they get to retire well, and and they did to. announce that while he's no longer the voice uh for super mario wonder or the and he's he's also not doing the luigi or wario voices anymore uh which he also did uh but they um did say that he will now become a mario ambassador whatever that okay. is and they are going to be putting out a video from him and Miyamoto at a future date, but that hasn't been announced or released yet. So, uh, uh, that's all right. Here, here's the, here's the thing. Here's the part where I would be the sad part, uh, because of the way it was announced. It's, it's extra weird because this whole Mario ambassador thing layered on top of it. I, no one that I saw ever explicitly said, including himself, that he retired. Yes. It 
So there's been a lot of people wondering, was he basically fired, but they're letting him have some other role still so that it doesn't look like he was fired and well, he's cool with it because he's getting paid or what? And that was my thought because his response was he retweeted or whatever the crap they call that stupid X'd, thing. He now. re-X'd. He re-X'd. I don't know. Uh, I don't use uh, that the message uh, and added, my new adventure begins. You are all number one in my heart. Woo. Hashtag woohoo. So my new adventure as not the voice of Mario. Well, and it could be, I mean, it could totally be a retirement. Why hasn't he just said I'm retiring? I'm retiring from the voice of Mario. I'll still be loosely involved though, as an ambassador. Right. They created a new thing. I'll like, I'll come out, I'll come out to Eve. Oh wait, no, I I was going to say X E three. I'm going to have to eat. I'll I'll be on a Mario Treehouse once every other year with a new game. And, uh, you know, I'll interview the new voice actor or something. Right. Like, but they didn't say that. It's all like he's got a new position, but it's a made up position just for it. Like, there are no other Mario ambassadors. And I think until the video is released, I think that'll probably answer some questions. I just, again, maybe they just didn't think they need to phrase it that way. Or maybe they thought it's not, they didn't want to say retirement because if he's doing the Mario ambassador thing, he's not really truly retired well and it could be I that don't it, it, I don't know. it could simply be that doing that much voice work is getting to a part point where it's harder sure but when you know we also look at like how much voicing does he do for like, i don't know because i haven't played the like the recent games like does he do a ton of voicing like I, in the old I, days I there wasn't know. a lot of calls right and where i mean this isn't like is where's he like career-wise, age-wise versus, say, you know, or was it like, was it Peter Cullen, who's Optimus Prime and stuff? Like, can- <laughs> Yeah, who's still doing right, tons right. and tons and, of and, huge and work. And maybe that's not, and maybe that's not fair. I do know people, especially if they use their voices a lot, uh, as they get older, we see this more with singers, I think, than voice actors, where they can't do it anymore. They can't do it to the same level anymore. Like, I remember, and this was, this was uh, years ago where, um, uh, um, Bob Seger, you know, Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet uh, band, he was not, uh, he scaled back his live concerts because he couldn't maintain his voice if he did it at the pace he did when he was 10 years younger. So, I mean, he, he is 67. Was. Okay. So he, he, he then it, I'm going to say I'm not, uh, but yeah, Peter Colin is 82. Correct. I just looked him up. I'm just like, wow. Okay. And he's still got the most amazing voice. I'll kill you. Yeah. The, the the fact that the trailer for season two of Invincible was ba- was built around mm. announcing that Peter Cullen was being a voice in the show. That's awesome too. I'm excited. So I I'm really um, excited. So well. okay, I'll say given his age, he's definitely at retirement age. So I will go ahead and choose to interpret this as a positive that Charles just wants to retire, and Nintendo is cool with or suggested the idea of keeping him loosely involved in some way, and he was amenable to it. So yay. Yeah. And I look forward to our new Chris Pratt overlord making Mario just be Chris Pratt. Yeah, I, I haven't seen anything announcements about who's going to be voicing me, a Star Lord. I mean Mario. <laughs> I took all of the the drugs. That's right. Hey, do you, don't you remember when I was on that? What was it, Parks and, Parks Rec, and Rec? When people when I was fat and people actually liked me. Do you remember? Pepperidge Farm remembers, now, maybe. Now, now I'm ripped and and, and, and and everyone thinks that I'm a terrible person for some reason. That still remains somehow, somewhat mysterious and, and, to me. And, and somehow people liked when I did that movie where it turns out that I was like a complete monster, yet they tried to play me as a sympathetic passengers. Passengers. I haven't seen passengers. Oh, where 
where it's mm. like, oh no, I got woke up from from suspended animation. I'm the only person on, awake on the ship. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to wake up the hottest woman on the ship mm. as well, so she's trapped with me. Because mm. that can't go wrong. But people just can't accept Chris Pratt not playing anything other than Chris Pratt, so they turned him into Chris Pratt. Yeah, it's like, oh, you're like all your other characters. All right, anyway, we're worrying about Chris Pratt. That's not fair. Yeah. It's quasi fair. He makes enough money. He doesn't mind. He does. He so, does. This isn't the eclectic he wrote, Chris Pratt. He, prob- he might have written to us at eclectic gamers podcast at gmail.com and said, you know, it's okay if you guys want to make fun of me and Mario for a little bit. I yeah. Like, Thanks, Chris. Yeah. That'd have, be cool. Have fun. Tell Blue I said hi. <laughs> tell Blue I said hi. You know, I, I hate. Tell tell, I, tell my Blue I said hello. It's, 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 <laughs> it's not just. It's not just. Oh. Chris Pratt, though, but this whole new—I don't know if it's new—but it's been very common thing where fighting anything with anything mm-hmm. anymore is like I'm just going to hold my hand up in its face and say, "Smell my fingers." Yes, uh, uh, as some sort of stop. Hey, it's hey. just yeah, it, I hate it. They it's do like it. The- they do they do it in 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 Stranger Things too. Oh. Like like everything mm. every time Eleven uses her power, you just know because like she starts bleeding from the nose and she's holding her hand out. It's mm-hmm. like oh, it also bleeding. loosely reminds me of when uh, Ian McKellen. I remember the, seeing the clip. You you've probably seen it where. He's just like there on the set of The Hobbit in front of all the green stuff, and he just breaks down sobbing because he's like he doesn't know what to do, he doesn't know where to look. It's all this amorphous thing, and they didn't do that with Lord of the Rings. They right, there's a lot of CG in Lord of the Rings, but they used a lot of practical stuff so the actors could play off of things. And The Hobbit was so rushed that they couldn't do it. Like I, I think Peter Jackson would have done it the way that he did Lord of the Rings, but maybe make it one movie if he had just anyway. Um, right, that's a bad movie. I don't recommend seeing it. It's okay. It's a bad trilogy. It's movies. a bad trilogy. It's it, it's not horrible. It's just it's very bloated. Yeah, it, it is very and it's much way too CG. Not, and I felt bad for Ian. I, I I love the Lord of the Rings movies, and I've watched the extended editions multiple mm. times. I normally do it like once. Last a year. night, after I got done watching my inspirational basketball movie on Amazon Prime, I went upstairs, brushed my teeth, sat in front of my computer. And played the ride of the Rohirrim, and then went to sleep. Yeah, because I needed inspirational. Sleep, I've done that sleep scenes. I've done that before. I was like that's right. And then my and favorite then, scene in the whole. Trilogy and then you wiped your tears and went to it's, bed. It's tough because the riders of Rohan don't want to go too far because then they have to reform the line and fight the elephant. And then you're like, next thing you know, you're watching the second. You're movie. just watching the rest. So of it's the just movie. like now you got to stop. You got to stop after the, wa- as soon as they hit the orcs and the music stops. That's where you stop it. Right. Just like. But it just right. gets you going. They don't have enough. There's no hope. But it doesn't matter. You wipe your tears right. and, and you, you lay down. You learn that all you need to do to have a chance is to have horses that are tired and still re- re- willing to go, and just start yelling death at your enemies. Death! And you know what? It, it you can get a lot out of it. Maybe not. Maybe you can't beat some elephants, but some orcs. You can do some orcs. You can do that. Do your worst. Nothing. Nothing like a nice charge of the cavalry. Mm-hmm. Little little light brigade in uh, Tolkien's world. Yeah, I always like to think of it. That that was his interpretation of that. Great scene. Yes. Uh, speaking of scenes, forlorn hopes. Mm. They have made an announcement that Microsoft has agreed to sell the streaming rights for Activision Blizzard games to Ubisoft. 
Okay. So games released over the next 15 years will be given to Ubisoft with the rights existing in perpetuity mm. to do to for those games. For streaming. For okay. streaming. So uh, basically that removes the rights from being with just Microsoft. This right. guarantees the rights are now with at least two sources. And Ubisoft can transfer rights as well. So uh, that way they no longer have the exclusive rights to like call of duty. And the thought is that this is a, a, well, it's not been a formally announced that this is a concession that was required by the UK. Now this though would only apply to the call of duties that are made in those 15 years. Yes. It wouldn't be franchise control. So no. after that point, but it, it is a 15, 15 years is a long yeah, period. It is basically 15 years for other companies to get up to that level of streaming capacity. Yeah. Okay. So well, I would assume that that's going to be enough to appease the CMA. But hopefully, the CMA hasn't really said anything yet. the uh, The last thing they said is that they had to make the that Microsoft would have to make mm. changes from their original plan. I would right. call this a major concession. Here's here's my theory. This I think this I think this works. I think for twofold reasons. One, I think there has been a Obviously, it is a it is a major concession. Let's I mean, fifteen years, uh, Ubisoft, which you don't, normally you were like Ubisoft and Microsoft don't seem to have any sort of special relationship right. whatsoever. It's just you what yet another publisher that plays on all platforms. Correct. Um, so there's there's that aspect, and then I also think there's been a lot of blowback as we've seen and heard in the UK with UK leadership and such about the CMA's decision, but this allows them to save face and say they still got a concession so that they won. So it lets them say that they still won, even though Microsoft's getting in reality, everything they actually want. Right. And Microsoft will get, will be getting money for each game right. that's put up there. Because this isn't something for, it's right. no for free. They'll be thing. getting they money. They make money. They got money. They're getting money for the rights. They're getting mm. money. They'll get money when each title right. releases. Uh, they'll, they'll, however, that's ain't no charity. So, so they'll, they'll still be getting paid. Sure. They'll still be getting paid, but it opens, it still opens abilities. And it's, it's the concession mm. that could probably allow that to be finalized. And then once it's finalized and Microsoft buys Ubisoft, victory will finally be in their grasp. <laughs> 15 years and one month, Ubisoft purchased by Microsoft. <laughs> I wouldn't be too shocked. <laughs> but we'll just have to wait and see. So uh, that, or, that or this is all signed and everything's finished. And one month later, Sony purchases Ubisoft, mm -hmm. which would give Sony that right in perpetuity. That would be interesting. I that don't know if Sony's in play. the position to buy Ubisoft. I don't think Ubisoft's Sony big. could. Because Ubi I don't think either of them. Ubisoft would be a, hard, would be a big bite, I think, for both of them. Mm. I mean, bigger for Sony. Sony might be bigger in the console market, but I think of actual spending budget, Xbox way blows them out of the water. Oh, sure. It's just because of the. I mean, I don't know how much is allocated to the division, but they have the Microsoft resources. But the the problem with Sony, not 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 fanboying and like being judgmental on their system or anything. Uh, the problem that Sony as a company has is like PlayStation is like their most successful thing. Mm hmm. Uh, the. And part of it is Sony's really dragged down by their movie studio, which yes. isn't doing well. Whereas with Microsoft, Xbox, sure, they make money with the Xbox division, but it's a drop in the bucket. Their money is in business, cloud infrastructure, stuff like office space software. Like Office 365 makes them so much money. People love the subscription Microsoft. Yeah. Um, they, they, the, the, it's just, as I, I saw on Reddit, the joke of, 
Like, why is word the standard? Like, uh, you want to insert a graphic? F you. You want to <laughs> you you want to format this table? How about no? You want to you want to print you want to print uh, new margin sizes? How about go print? <laughs> how about you go print them nuts? Just something like that. It's just like nothing about Word in a oh, lot no, of ways makes any sense, but it is the de facto standard. It is. It is. Uh, Word is so terrible. I like use PowerPoint for stuff because mm. it works so much better than Word. Sure. Sure. And OneNote, of course. Of course. Well, OneNote. OneNote's just like the perfect it is. product. It's like the solution to everything. It's like there would be one note. Yeah. They, so they got it right. They got it like exactly perfect. right. So. Every blossom. Uh, perfect. I'm going to go ahead and punt our discussion. This okay. has been a good, solid, well, full, long We have long been going about 90 minutes. So. Yeah, and that's, that, that's the target goal. And this is, I think this has been a good, solid discussion. Okay. So we'll once again punt our deeper discussions. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be really good when we get to it. Oh, we will eventually, because one okay. of these days there won't be video game news, <laughs> just like there's not pinball news. Right. One of these days it's going to be like, okay, 45 minutes into the episode, mm-hmm. and we're almost That's done. Right. Now, I could have dropped the pinball game, but here's the thing. We then get others of you who write in who really only like to listen for the pinball stuff, and then you complain that the pinball was too short. So I had to put the game in. That's just how it works. And if you are a Patreon supporter, you will get to vote on how we rank the games versus the pin side rank of the games. So look forward to that. And if you want to join Patreon, it's patreon.com slash eclectic underscore gamers. And it's as low as a dollar a month to be a member of that. You can also, again, always reach out to us via email, eclecticgamerspodcast at gmail.com. And we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash eclectic gamers podcast. And we're on uh, Twitch. And Instagram is eclectic underscore gamers. Mm-hmm. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks with all the latest news, possibly a deep genre-based discussion for video games. We will have to wait and see. But until then, my name is Dennis. And I am Tony. Goodbye. Later. Woohoo. Woo-hoo.